In this installment of The Great Sift, it is all about prayer. It is so important to understand how we can communicate with God and how He communicates with us. We will begin to tackle a few of the misconceptions as it pertains to prayer that hinder rather than enhance our walks with Jesus. And then allow me to encourage you with a testimony to the power of prayer. All of this right here today on The Great Sift. Welcome to The Great Sift Podcast. Through weekly installments, we provide content that will engage, encourage, and empower you as a believer in Jesus Christ. We tackle topics of the day, host interviews, and provide a biblical view on what is happening in the church and the world at large. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's begin to sift through all that God has in store. The ability to pray and know that God is hearing us can be of great comfort in times of difficulty. Prayer can bring a sense of connection to God and build relationship with Him. Prayers of faith are an integral part to the everyday life of a Christian. So, what exactly is prayer? How do we pray? How do we know that God has heard us? Now, for some of us listening, this may seem like a simple reminder, but allow it to be an accountability tool that we can always spend more time in prayer. So, what exactly is prayer? In short, prayer is talking to God, yet it is so much more than merely talking. We see Moses utilizing prayer to seek favor with God through petition in Exodus 32. We see Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel, explain that she was pouring out her soul before the Lord in 1 Samuel 1. Her expression to God was sharing her vexation about her barrenness and not being able to have a child. As we read in Ephesians 3, Paul shares how he bows his knee to the Father. This posture shows his servanthood and surrender to the holiness of God. The honoring of God is so important in our approach to prayer. Here, These are just a few examples of what genuine prayer looks like, but notice these three factors, honor, petition, and vulnerability. While there is intimacy with God, make no mistake, we are not on the same level as Him. Jesus is not my quote-unquote homeboy or just someone I kick it with on the weekends. No, Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Yet in his great kindness and mercy, he gives us clear instructions on how to pray because we are now given access to God through prayer. So in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, in the King James Version, it says this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Did you notice it? (laughs) Did you notice the three approaches to prayer as we see in scripture? Petition, vulnerability, and honor. Let's do a quick breakdown of the Lord's Prayer. There is honor at the beginning and at the end. Heavenly Father, this denotes that we understand his position, and in turn, we, we understand our own. Hallowed, to mean great and revered and honored, most holy. After honoring and recognizing who he is, we begin to see petitions take place. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. These are not commands that we are giving the Lord. I I don't command him your kingdom come. I don't command him your will be done. I don't command him give me my daily bread. No, these are petitions that we bring before the Lord. We do not decree that God's will is done. We do not decree that his will be done, but we ask for his will to be done. We petition that his kingdom would come, meaning that he would come quickly. We long to see him and be with him forever. So, we do not demand him for our food or what we need for our daily survival. Yet again, we petition that provision would be extended to us. Next, within the Lord's Prayer, we see vulnerability. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We recognize that as long as we live in this world, sin will always be tempting and seeking to devour us. So, we become vulnerable to the Lord. We confess our sins. We repent. We extend the same forgiveness that was extended to us and that we have received. And we, we, we extend it to all the others that are around us. See, the depth of vulnerability is key in our prayers. We find rest in knowing that God is God and we are his children. And lastly, we honor him again. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We recognize that through our prayer that he alone is our salvation. Through his free gift, we are saved. And this brings us back to honoring him all the more. So now we have honor, petition, and vulnerability. You see, prayer is directly addressing God. We know that he has heard our prayer when we pray this way, because in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then, this is a key, verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, the one who taught us how to pray is now the mediator for us, interceding or fervently pleading on our behalf to the Father. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? To know the intimacy can grow through understanding the simplicity understanding the simplicity of honor, vulnerability, and petition. Paul exhorts the believers in Philippi uh, in Philippians uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That term supplication means to urgently request. With praise and honor on our lips, we confidently come before God and urgently request what we are in need of. Our vulnerability with God leads to faithful confidence that He hears and will answer my prayer. Now, this teaching on prayer can and should go much deeper than this podcast can provide. 
However, allow me to address what prayer is not. Prayer is not meant to be loud or demonstrative in order to gain approval or affirmation unto yourself. In the verses just before Jesus teaches us how to pray, he says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You see, the hypocrites Jesus was referring to were the Pharisees. They were not merely hypocrites, they were actually heretics. They were not Orthodox Jewish priests. They were power-hungry, greedy men who followed after the doctrines of men. You can actually find this confrontation of the heresy between the Pharisees and Jesus in Mark 7, where Jesus addresses the quote-unquote tradition of the elders. Now, I am going to do a podcast on that on a different day, uh, but let's get back to prayer. Prayer is not decreeing or declaring. You see, there's a teaching that has permeated the church that we are to decree and declare on the authority that God has given us as believers. While I won't go into full detail here, let us remember what the Bible says in Matthew 28. And Jesus said to them, came and said to them, all authority, all authority, I'm emphasizing there, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All authority has been given to Jesus, not us. We are to go and teach the disciples, to teach the disciples that we make, to observe all that Jesus has commanded us. And Jesus will be with us always. How beautiful is that? The burden doesn't rest upon our performance to declare or to to decree anything. It simply rests on honoring and petitioning of the Lord. The burden rests upon the holiness of God, not on our own self. See, and that realization brings peace, a peace that passes all understanding. Finally, let me encourage you with a story about prayer. It has been getting warmer here in Northern California, and the snow has been melting off the mountains. Now, we're not originally from this area. In fact, we grew up in the Midwest and spent the majority of our adult lives in Iowa and Texas. So, having the mountains around is a new experience for us. Anyways, due to the nice weather, we decided we would take a beautiful Saturday morning and make the hour drive up the mountain to one of our favorite scenic lake spots that we have ever discovered. The drive up the main road was beautiful. Wonderfully tall pine trees lined the roads. The the mountainous landscape was breathtaking. Now, as we approach our destination, approximately 15 minutes away, we turn on to the mountain service road that will lead us to the lake. Now, this lake is formed in a lava flow area on the side of a volcano. It is stunning. 
The mountain service road is made of gravel and lava ash, and it's a well-traveled road, so it's, it's pretty well packed down. We are roughly about four miles from the lake, and as we continue our trek, we begin to pass patches of snow. Now, some of the snow was on the service road, but most of it was just on the passing landscape. The further we drove into, into the higher elevation, the more snow began to actually be on the road. I'm at this point wearing shorts and a t-shirt while my family is a, dressed a tad bit warmer but still not snow ready. We drive a two-wheel drive minivan and we get to a place where the snow is covering most of the road. Now, I have a decision to make. Do I turn around from the destination that I truly want to see and have brought my family to experience with me? Or do I push past and uh, do I push the driving capabilities, my own driving capabilities, as well as that of my 2007 Toyota Sienna to the limit and make my way up that mountain? I mean, so in order to not make a compulsive decision, I, I got out of the car, I checked the snow depth, and I made my decision. <laughs> That's right. You guessed it. I pushed forward. I am a man. I know I can make it through this. <laughs> and so I got back in the van, pressed my foot on the gas, took that van another 100 feet and plunged that thing deep, and I do mean deep, into about 12 inches of mountain snow. So there I am in my shorts and t-shirt with no tools trying to dig myself out of this snow with a stick <laughs> that I found on the side of the mountain. My poor family is sitting there on the hill having a picnic, sitting on snow. All three of them are just smiling. They're having a blast while I am just getting more and more frustrated with my own ill-advised decision to try and make it through this snow. Well, nearly two hours later, my precious seven-year-old daughter comes up to me and tells me this. She tells me the sweetest thing. She says, Daddy, I just decided to pray. I asked God to send us someone to help us get out. I don't think you can handle this. <laughs> Boy, was that girl right. <laughs> I was not handling it well. Her words did not just melt my heart, but brought peace to my spirit. I then said a quick prayer of my own, as well as asking for wisdom on how to get this van out of the mess that I had made. Within about five minutes of my daughter praying for someone to come help, not one, but two four by four trucks came up this service road, both had winches. And within about 15 minutes, they had me out of my predicament. When we got back in the car, Maddie said, I knew God heard me. <laughs> I knew God heard me. I knew God heard me. Please remember this. God hears you. Even if you created the mess, he hears you. Even if you don't know how you will get out of your mess, he hears you. Let us come to him in the way that he designed so he can show us not only his love, but he can show us his authority, strength, and holiness through it all. May our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. And until next time, may God truly bless you.